0: All right. Mm. Uh, I guess we just get started. Yeah. Um, I gotta stop erming, but I can always take those out afterwards. Uh. <laughs> uh. Hello everybody and uh, welcome back to season two of Syndrome. My name is Ben Wheeler, Syndrome is the podcast that I started here in Fiji uh, during lockdown as a way of getting to know some people through their favourite films and through film choices along a sort of selection process that I designed. This, uh, in the interim, between the last season, we have had uh, the Rarama Film Festival, which celebrated Fijian filmmakers. Um, So for the second season, I've decided that I would like to speak to those filmmakers in more detail about their favorite movies and perhaps generate through these discussions some ideas for future productions that we can all get involved in so my guest today is mr clarence das hi
1: clarence hey ben thank you for having me on the show
0: not a problem uh thank you for making some of the most awesome uh short films that i have seen in fiji uh, and beyond even i i really highly rate them as, as you well know um, as I am a terrible journalist, uh, I don't. am going to let you introduce yourself rather than introduce you. So the the
1: mic is yours. Okay. So uh, my name is Clarence Das. I uh, work as a video editor for the for the University of the South Pacific, and um, I've had a long time passion for for movies. I who doesn't enjoy watching movies. But um, there was a time I sort of got into just not just beyond watching movies. I had an appreciation for how movies were made. And this appreciation led me to make some of my own short films. And aside from making short movies um, a while ago, because I haven't made any recently, I've, um, I'm also an illustrator and an avid fan of comic books. Yeah. That's, that you are. And I enjoy long walks in the rain. <laughs> and what would your perfect Sunday be? Probably a, uh, my perfect Sunday would be, I would probably start the morning... Uh, with a break- coffee and pie probably a, co- no, probably a breakfast out, maybe maybe a breakfast out i love I love having breakfast out, but a a, an after, a Sunday afternoon, a perfect Sunday afternoon, I love watching movies in the afternoon, yeah something laid back. Usually, I save movies for Sundays that are that are a little bit more uh mind consuming that you have to sort of sit down and really think about you know like and it's and a, and a nice quiet Sunday really lends itself to that.
0: Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm-mm. i am started to really enjoy watching movies in the morning. Okay. So I, so I went through a process, and I will probably cut this out. Uh, I went through a process of um, when I was trying to organise these film festivals, being up at seven and being active at seven and sending out f- five to ten emails almost every morning and knowing I wasn't going get, to get a response for three or four hours. So rather than sit and refreshing my inbox, I would just go and watch a movie and then come back around noon Right. Uh, and kind of break
1: up my day with movies. That's interesting. Uh, I, I had a, I had a thing that started off by accident. One time I woke up at four in the morning, because you've got lots of cats, and they cry, and they want to come in and out of the house. So I woke up at four, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I put on a horror movie called The Pulse, this Japanese horror movie, and it, and at four in the morning, that thing creeped the heck out of me. So I developed a thing where I like watching horror movies, certain horror movies, and again, it's, it's, the, it's the slower one, the slower burns, that I love watching it for in the morning. So every now and then I'll do that. Especially on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning, I'll wake up early to watch a, watch a horror movie.
0: Yeah. my favorite time. I'm the same man. And I, and I think it comes from um, when I was a kid... Uh, We had like an old black and white TV in in, uh, our bedroom, me and my sister, with one of the dial things. You know, like this is super old school. And um, I watched, we kind of stayed up later than we were supposed to, Mm -hmm. and we would switch it on sometimes and watch quietly. And I watched Psycho and Terminator um, in those sort of late-minute, kind of, um, not late-minute, last minute, late-movie screenings. Right, right.
1: No, I I totally get that as well, because growing up, uh we'd have to share our television set so we had like we had a, probably like eight people living in our house and they all want to watch stuff so and often they would bring in horror movies even though i i would be watching all kinds of stuff but they're like this is not for you you shouldn't be watching this when everyone goes to sleep i'd sneak out of my room at about 10 or 11 o'clock or maybe midnight and i'd quietly watch something on the vhs just just sitting inches away from the screen you know so and uh, i would do that with x-files as well because we used to have x-files play here at at Ten o'clock at night, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. But luckily, my I, was, I grew up with my grandparents, and they go to bed early, so I'd I'd sneak out to the living room and watch X Files. So there's something fun about watching movies in those odd hours. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's
0: uh, we're, we're finding parallels here as we always do when right. we talk about these things. Uh-huh. It's nice. Um, so, and that's kind of what the, this this whole kind of discussion is going to be about. Uh, t- starting off by talking about some of your earliest memories of movies. And, mm-hmm. and in particular, I'm kind of interested in memories of going to the cinema. Right. Before we move on to some more specific film sure. questions. Mm-hmm. So do you remember your first visit to the cinema?
1: Yes, I do. Because when, when, um, when, when I saw that question, I was like thinking, yeah, I, I do. I do remember um, going to watch uh, Batman 89. I do remember going to watch it, but beyond remembering going to watch it, I don't remember much else about it. I do remember my grandfather thinking I'd be really... He, he went with me, because he thought it, it was too dark, and I might be scared. Uh, so, he, And of course, you don't let... I was like seven. You don't let a seven-year-old go by by themselves. Well, actually, no, I'm going to go back on that, because my even though that's my earliest memory, uh, probably my fondest memory of cinema, though, as a kid, is uh, we used to have this cinema in... Um, this theater in in Mark Street called The Century. And it used to, its I think it was—it it belonged to the Motor Brothers. Even then, they, they, they owned a lot of cinemas around town. And what they would do is on Saturdays, for like $2, they would play like three movies in a row or six movies in a row. So, my, my grandparents would drop me off there in the morning while they go to the market shopping and stuff. I hated doing all that. And I would go to the arcade play some video games go watch a movie and it would be like something like like a like a van damme movie or a bruce lee movie so that was that was that's was probably my earliest cinema going experience going to watch these uh, action blockbusters back to back for like two dollars yeah and this and is
0: why you have such a huge nostalgia for them i for guess this. so
1: yeah definitely definitely yeah. it's something that i grew up with you know and it's a special place for me that's cool i would love
0: to have found a place like that when i was a when i was a teenager so I I very much remember going to see uh the the 89 Batman mm-hmm. Because it was the first movie to ever get a twelve rating in the UK. Oh, okay. I was twelve in nineteen eighty nine. Uh-huh. so I got to I got to take part in that kind of very uh, fascinating kind of uh, the world of almost uh, grown up movies uh, right. opening up to to us because of this new classification. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember being quite blown away with it, blown away uh, by it, going to watch it with a friend, and we were up all night chatting about it afterwards. That's,
1: so. that's interesting because in Fiji, growing up, there weren't there weren't many restrictions with cinema. For, for You could go like, I mean, like, like, when I was going to watch all these movies at the Century, I'm sure a lot of them weren't made for six, seven-year-olds. So they didn't really have that restriction. They only had, like, there was like two distinct categories. There was either something you watch in the cinema or something raunchy, which, which had like an R18 rating or an R21 rating. Otherwise, it was perfectly normal for a six-year-old boy to be watching like, rambo or terminator or something it was like oh it's just an action flick and even growing up at home with vhs tapes my my grandfather would have no problem with me watching friday the 13th but he would fast forward all the sex scenes but someone getting their head chopped off with a machete was totally, totally fine. So that's we were, we, were we, we didn't have that many strict standards when it came to what we could view as kids here in Fiji. Yeah, mm.
0: I, th- I think I noticed that that's still kind of a thing, right? Definitely. That I when I go and watch films that I would perceive as quite violent, mm-hmm. and I'm often surprised to see that there are young children there with with mm. uh, with their parents or with whoever's kind of with them at that time. Mm. Um, and. The uh, the audience reactions, which is something I always love talking about in Fiji, uh, it's very uh, interactive process going oh, to the cinema in Fiji. But the biggest reactions are always romantic slash sexual scenes, mm-hmm. not the violent scenes. Okay. You get the big whoops uh, and the big laughs right. um, during anything kind of sexual. Right. Whereas the, the murders and the killings and the beheadings, as you say, kind of a more in their stride. Right. So maybe that's from, from sort of uh, a, a long time of, of that kind of thing being viewed as okay in it, cinema. Yeah,
1: it might be like the Pacific upbringing as well, because um, as you know, like, even, like recently, even things like sexual education is a fairly new concept for, for Fiji. So, so sex has always been a taboo thing, and I think when you see it on screen, it's, it's like something cheeky that you shouldn't be watching, and it's, and I think even the even grown-ups get like a, get like a kiddish reaction from it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. I do love. I've I've had to. I've had to. Well, over the years of teaching uh, film and screening films to students from all over the world back in the UK when mm-hmm. I was a lecturer, I had to get used to the understanding that, that you know uh, people from different cultures respond mm-hmm. to the movies in different ways, mm-hmm. and I had to get over the idea that you don't just always have to sit in reverential silence, mm-hmm. which was my preferred mode for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I have mentioned a few times that my probably one of my favourite cinema experiences. Ever was the latest spider-man film watching it here in Fiji with the whole carnival of responses going on around me because I felt that way too I felt that
1: excitement that's one thing interesting about these Marvel movies I feel like I can't pinpoint when they started doing it but I feel like recently they are made for that audience reaction because when you watch the the spider-man the latest spider-man movie at home and you see Tobey Maguire, spoilers, you see Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield walk in, there's literally like five seconds of silence on the screen of nobody saying anything because this is where the where the test, or maybe the test audience or the producers know that there'll be an audience reaction. And in fact, uh, watching, I, I barely watch these uh, uh, superhero movies past the cinema. Mm. I love them, but I've never had an urge to watch them again at home. But I did uh, get Endgame, and the scene in the cinema when Captain America gets, gets the hammer, Thor's hammer, and there's an eruption. The whole crowd just gets into it. When you watch it at home and there's no crowd, not the same. Yeah, I don't yeah. get that same excitement. It's, a, it's, a, it's such a flat scene on its own, but the crowd reaction really does it. But yeah, definitely. I
0: kind of we're in, we're in dangerous territory here talking about Marvel movies. We've re- recently Quentin Tarantino and uh, and Martin Scorsese have got in trouble, but I guess it kind of feeds into what Scorsese was saying about them being almost almost like theme park rides. Mm. I kind of I, I kind of dug what he was saying but there for, on one level. They are cinematic, yeah, of
1: course, which but it's not a new thing. I I, no. I feel like the action blockbuster has always been around. This just just just, just uh, I use the term very loosely, but but something mindless that you can just go and and gawk at and awe at and cheer at, and and you could argue maybe back in the day uh, they weren't maybe as systematic or as as like a as as a conveyor belt machine product as they are today because we didn't get them as consistently. Like when Terminator 2 came out, it was the biggest movie that year, and now you'll have like five or six superhero movies which are equally the biggest movie of the year, you know? So. So I, I always feel like that there's always been a space in cinema for these kind of things. It's just that now there's, there's instead of, I guess, with technology, mm. CGI, these things being so accessible, we're just, we're just seeing more of them. And they're yeah. kind of flooding the market. And they're more efficient. Yeah, right? definitely. They, so they know when, when
0: to have that two seconds response time. Yeah, you know? for sure. They, everything is built into that kind of formula. Yeah. Which was something that I really loved about the end of
1: She-Hulk. I'm not sure if you ever got to the end. I, I watched uh, the first three episodes and then I watched the Daredevil episode. Right. And the first three, by the time I watched the first three episodes, I had kind of felt that the show wasn't for me. Not that it was a bad show. Mm. I'm not one of those people who are online going, this is horrible, da da I definitely see the audience for this show and I love that. I love the fact that Marvel has made a movie or, I in mean, a show that doesn't have to be, f- that, that's, that's catered for, a, like, like, like the producers said, they wanted, it's Ellie McBeal with with a, with a superhero in it. And I respect that. That's really cool. I want people to have access to because there's a million there's a million different types of comic books. there could be a million different kinds of Marvel shows. But I did watch the Daredevil episode. I love Daredevil and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a fun episode.
0: Yeah. It's great and he's in it he's in it in the last one as well. Oh, but okay. it, it died, so there's the uh, and and I can agree with you completely. There mm. should be all these different flavors mm. of Marvel content to reflect yeah. the, the the comics. But within the comics she's always breaking the fourth wall. Yes. She's always yes. jumping out of the frames mm-hmm. and like ripping pages up and having a go at the writers. Right. And she does that in the show as well okay. and I really really like that. And in the last episode, spoiler alert, um she it, it ends in a sort of formulaic all the monsters come back in for a big brawl and she's like well i uh, know uh, this doesn't seem like this show she busts out of the netflix box oh, okay. the, the, it would be the disney plus kind right. of selection screen jumps into a documentary about the making of uh. the show oh well uh, and storms up to the to the writer's office has a go at them as she hulk mm. they say you have to see kevin kevin uh, <laughs> oh,
1: uh right right Feige, okay, Feige, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. his
0: uh, name is uh, and so she jumps through all these hurdles to see him and he turns out to be a robot uh, a robot algorithmically programming content I,
1: I think i have some clips of that online i mean how okay, cool is yeah, that I as a self-reflexive
0: that. kind of response to these things that we're talking about
1: right but and i and it, and it really cheeses me off how there's, there's these people who sort of and maybe this is not the right word for it, but they sort of they, they want to gatekeep these Marvel movies, saying no, no, they got to be a certain way, mm. and it's like no, they don't have to be a certain way. That's what I. That, 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 it goes back to what I was saying. Like before, we had action movies, but they, so they they had their own sort of characteristics, and I feel like what Marvel, what happened to Marvel uh, before Endgame was they became so formulaic. Mm. That's why even with like like Taika Waititi, I think he was a breath of fresh air for these movies, and. Uh, and when you watch Thor, going in, I heard so many bad reviews for it. But I thought, I'm going to watch it anyway. I, I like I like Taika's movies. I want to check it out. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was a big, just a big, goofy, fun time, which is allowed. Like, you could, you could do that. You've got 20-plus movies to have your serious business. Just take your shoes off, kick back, relax with a fun movie. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand the hate that She-Hulk got as well. It's just... Um, and and Eternals as well, you know. I thought that was
0: a good movie, and I, and I kind of I think people forget that, that phases one, two, and three yeah, like had all exciting? these ups and yeah. downs, and mm. you know they had to lay the foundations for Infinity Wars and Endgame. Mm. It's like you can't just have climaxes all the time; right, that would get right. super
1: boring, for well, sure. So, and, and I think it's it's also like because I read I, I read so many comic books. There are literally thousands of titles that come out every month. And not every single title is for you. Like It's not something I'm going to pick up and read. But I respect that it's out there. It's got its writers. It's got its audience. And now the Marvel movies are sort of becoming like the comic books. There's like, here's a, here's a show. You don't like it? Oh, well, wait for the, wait for the next one. It's going to be good. Because they recap everything anyway. You don't really miss out on anything. They make sure, the Disney machine makes sure you're always up to par with what's going on. And uh, and when 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 Taika Waititi left and everyone was like oh yeah it's good he's gone da da da, da. I honestly thought like I thought he was being wasted on the Marvel movies, or, or at least at least on the on the so-called Marvel fans because if you can't appreciate a different voice, hmm. maybe he should just take it, his voice somewhere else. Yeah. and that's what I think Scorsese is saying. You know, like it's like they're they're sort of like this, they're like it's a formula. They're so formulaic. You don't really see like a, director, a, a, a director's eye or like a something unique to them anymore mm. what do you think
0: no, I, I, I completely agree actually mm. and I think uh, that that sense of ownership and entitlement yeah. about the content is probably what motivated Tarantino's comment Mm-mm. as well yeah. you know that these characters are perceived in a certain way Mm-mm. and actors in some respects have to fit in with those preconceptions Mm-mm. right you know so uh, um, and it's something that the guy that plays um, oh my god what's his name Mackenzie the um,
1: Which character? Uh, Falcon. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you're talking about Um, Mackie. No, something Mackie, Mackie? not Mackenzie.
0: Mackenzie. Mackie. Oh yeah, Uh, Anthony Mackie. Anthony
1: Mackie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cut that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he said the same thing like three years ago. It's just like so. It's. um, uh, I saw a clip of it, and Mm. and I think yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword. You're even more of a comic book fan than I am. I'm mm-hmm. sort of like a dilettante when it comes to comic books. Yeah. I, I have my likes and my dislikes. I grew up reading right. The Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. so I have my Marvel likes. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem saturated at the moment. And 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 it, and it, it yeah, it's the, the, the debate about, you know, where, is there space for, for alternative content on streaming providers? Right. Yeah. And do we just need cinemas for these
1: big screen things mm-hmm. now? Uh, yeah, I... I yeah, on, on, in, that, in that sense, I do kind of agree, like, like, how many people will watch a Chris Evans movie aside from Captain America, you know? Maybe mm. he might be a bad example, because now uh, I feel like he's been cast in everything because of his popularity from Captain America. Yeah. You know? and Or, or Chris Hemsworth, like, he built his name from it. But then, but then how different is that from any, anybody else? I guess you could argue they got their break from Marvel. Yeah. But yeah. then people saw how good an actor this guy, this guy is, or actress this lady is. And now they're in their th- in their thing. But when it comes to um, comic books, I feel like people adapted books before, mm. and now they're adapting comics. And yeah. there are a lot more comics out there aside from superhero comics. So maybe I hope I hope some people branch out and do more things. Like like From Hell with Johnny Depp, that's a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Vendetta was a comic book. You know, Red with um what's his name bruce willis was a comic yeah, book retired, yeah retired so.
0: extremely dangerous that's yeah, yeah. friends. i mean there's so I, I think what happened was uh like in the 80s and the 90s comic books became like awesome right just like really like hip to kind of cultural zeitgeisty stuff right really kind of politically and culturally informed mm-hmm. and then to, by the sort of mid 90s Hollywood was picking up on mm-hmm. that and started to adapt them. And mm-hmm. by the early noughties with streaming services, they're like, we have all these oh, sort yeah. of like graphic novels and comics that we mm-hmm. can just pick up the IP for, mm-hmm. and we can make. Uh, we don't have to hire anyone to write, just to kind of rewrite. And and it just really pushed into this this uh, this era of mm-hmm. adaptation of graphic novels and comics.
1: Yes, but I I do feel like it's not going to stop anytime soon. No. As long as there's money coming out of it. But I do feel like, like, okay, for example, I was watching uh, the other day. We watched um, the Dead Poet, the Dead Poet Society again. Well, that might be a bad example. We also watched like, um, like, uh, what is the one with um, with Matt Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck? Um, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, which was huge when it came out. I don't think anyone would give a shit about it today. Yeah,
0: you would know? it even get? It would made? be some That's weird the question, indie
1: A twenty four flick that ten people will recommend to you on Facebook while everybody else goes to watch Black Adam 2, mm. you know? Or like even something like A Beautiful Mind or mm. like uh, Forrest Gump. Can you imagine Forrest Gump having the cultural impact today as it did 20 years ago? Was yeah. it 20 years ago? Maybe longer. It must be longer, 90s, yeah, yeah. right? Mid, yeah. Mid to late 90s. Like no one would watch that now. It yeah. would just be some weird indie flick about some 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 guy with some mental issues and something. It, it, would, it would have such a niche audience. And it's like th- that's what makes me sad. Mm. It's sad that we can't have these little. Before I felt you could you could have Independence Day, or you could have Gladiator, and you'd have Beautiful Mind, and it would be like, but, or you could have like Shawshank Redemption. No one would watch Shawshank Redemption right now. What's the movie about? He goes to jail and he digs himself <laughs> out. No, I want to watch Black Adam too. <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 And that makes me sad. That's that's the one reason as a comic book fan I. I'm starting to dislike the saturation of superhero movies. But you said you said it's not going to...
0: We're getting kind of off topic here, but it's yeah, great. Sorry. I'm loving it. No, okay. no. You said the pendulum is... You know, well, you said it's not going to stop anytime soon. But hopefully the pendulum will swing back. If you look mm-hmm. back at the history of Hollywood, right, right you've right. had this shift between huge studio-driven fare and mm-hmm. a, a emphasis on blockbusters mm-hmm. that, that has now become, rather than just, uh, you know, back in the, the classic days of, of the, the big five studios mm-hmm. where Universal would put out all the horror films and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers would put mm-hmm. out all the gangster films, right. you know. So it, it's not that dissimilar to that. It's just right. these, they're just these big studios with franchises now rather mm-hmm. than that kind of monopoly and domination of, of generic content. Right. So I would say that I and you know, that of course collapsed under its own weight and gave mm. way to the new Hollywood of the 60s and the 70s. Mm. And and you know, it's gonna be swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I Hopefully. would say in the in the next 10 years or so we might see a lot of change again because and you mentioned A24, mm. like they are pumping out movies oh, yeah. that are getting like incredible numbers and making right. incredible
1: money now, right. and it's niche content. Mm-mm. That's, yeah, and I, I had this discussion with um, with our dear friend Andrew the other day. I was saying, like, like, like 20, 30 years ago, if a movie came out and you go, this is a niche little production and it's uh, something special and a couple hundred people watched it. Nowadays, when a movie comes out, you can have something like Lamb from Way24 and it's like, oh, it's a niche niche audience, just 20 million people, you know what I mean? <laughs> because of the reach of, like, internet and social media and um, and streaming services, we, we even. The small small productions do get their audiences. Mm, yeah, mm. it's just that for every twenty million people who watch Lamb, there's like a billion people who watch like uh, you know yeah, like um, like
0: three or four billion yeah, people we'll watch. Yeah, we'll we we'll watch eight eight billion like, people in the world now. Or and or half something. of them are watching Marvel. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But anyway, if you want to reel us back into what what the I next question's back gonna be, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. I did
0: want to just just really quickly mention like yeah. the,
1: the everything everywhere
0: all at once, which oh, is, yeah. which has become instantly one of my favorite right. movies of all time. Right, that was special. That was special. That was special. But I that think. was a twenty four, right? Yes, that for sure. was uh, And that that yeah. that may open. Uh, like that has made them more money than they've ever made by uh, a country mile, apparently. From mm-hmm. what I was reading, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But for that one, I, That's it's weird. That's a weird
1: movie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's but a- I, I also do feel that that one kind of does oh what it di- what it has a little bit to Marvel multiverse. I feel like the Marvel really set up the, into people's psyche the idea of a multiverse. Uh, and 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 different realities and things. So so people are like, oh, I get I get this. Yeah. I get this movie. I I instantly know what it's about. You know.
0: But you know what? We kind of uh, we are getting we are getting off topic. But I'm, <laughs> and I'm just trying. Maybe it did it did for it did for multiverses what Back to the Future did for time travel or yeah, something probably. like that. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, because because before that there's there's maybe like, the one with Jet Li. He's traveling to different different realities. Yeah, taking yeah. out the other guy.
0: It's time cop. Uh, time cop. Uh, that, that, does that have different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time cop. And there was another the one.
1: Um, because this is multiverse stuff.
0: Like back, yeah, yeah. back to the future is multiverse right. stuff because they create but, but a the timeline. timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So uh, I feel like that movie sort of. Yeah, I, th- I feel like the Marvel universe did a lot of heavy lifting for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I did like. <laughs> we will move on shortly, yeah. uh, listener. I like, i'm gonna call i'm gonna call uh, do you ever listen to Smartless? it's a great podcast no, and they do this joke where they only have one listener so oh, when they're talking okay. they just call him listener yeah.
1: oh well, i've seen some youtubers who are like thanks for tuning in frank <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know how's the wife today when <laughs> yeah. already
0: gave a shout out to andrew who'd probably be one of the few people that listen to it so, <laughs> right hey andrew um yeah, let's move on. Let's draw okay. a line on okay. that conversation. Okay. The next uh, section of this is mm-hmm. um, all about trying to get into your personality, mm-hmm. trying to get an understanding of you mm-hmm. via three films from three different categories. Right. Um, I think we'll go... Do you have a preference with which you want to talk about? No, them? no.
1: In any any order. Then
0: let's go physical. Physical. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, your reason... A your, uh, uh, description, synopsis, and your reasons I for choosing. I will have to
1: clarify... What 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 do you mean by physical? Okay, okay, it's completely
0: open to interpretation. A film that you see as being somehow a representation of physical
1: or physicality.
0: Okay, it doesn't have to be a kung fu movie or an action movie. Mm -hmm. It's just something. It could be something that gives you a visceral. No, so we're
1: on the same page. Okay, yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. okay. Because first I was thinking like an athletics movie or like a sports (laughs) movie. Do I have to talk about Invictus now? No, no. Um, (laughs) You went to rugby. (laughs) Yeah, I went to rugby. Uh, Gladiator.
0: Boom. Yeah. All right. Now, Gladiator. this is a movie that I really want to rewatch because I haven't rewatched it for some time. Right. I've seen it two or three times and okay. I have really fond memories of it. Mm-mm. Why Gladiator? Gl- okay. Wet so, my appetite.
1: Okay. It, uh, I, I saw it in cinema when it came out and um, I, 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 that, I, I, knew, I knew Ridley Scott from Alien. Um, and I I thought I'd check, I'd check out his cool Russell, Russell Crowe movie. And it just blew me away and uh, at the time i was really into horror movies and angsty books and comics and this was like the sort of like this this journey this this sort of personal journey of a guy who has everything loses everything and then has to endure and get it all back you know not even get it all back but just sort of make making amends making amends for it yeah and it was just just an emotional ride for me i love i love the action in it i love the uh, i love the characters i love um, and this is, I'm not like trying to be like, uh, I don't know what the word for it is. I'm not, I'm not like militaristic or anything, but I love people with discipline. I love characters with discipline, like Batman and Captain. I lo- and I loved like how Marcus Aurelius has this, he's a disciplined Roman general who's been sort of thrown, thrown off his game and he's, he has to work his way th- through these slums, through these gladiator pits, this, this mi- once mighty leader of men who has to prove himself all over again. And there's something powerful about it that I that I liked, and this and it's like how everything is stacked against him, you know, and then but he still manages to just come out, come come through it, uh, just just being true to himself. He never loses himself, you know. Mm. Yeah,
0: it's like it's it's uh, just from your description there. It's reminding me that it, it is pure pure narrative. Yeah, it's narrative. It's, it's equilibrium. ABCD. A, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the uh, most uh, basic equilibrium and mm. returned equilibrium. Right, but he doesn't get it back. Mm. he gets something back right. he gets he yeah. he gets
1: not even revenge yeah. right but he kind of proves himself again yeah. right as yeah. you say and even in the end he's selfless like like he doesn't like the whole thing is about um so the story, basically the story is um uh he, he's he's a he's a he's a roman general uh and and then and um and uh, Marcus Aurelius who is the uh the Caesar at the time uh okay, he's Maximus not Marcus Aurelius yeah Marcus Aurelius was a Caesar at the time who's supposed to be one of the wisest Caesars of Rome, I've got, I've got a mm. book of his uh, seven truths at home, all, all his philosophies, So he wants to make Rome um, a democracy. So he's going to hand it over to to uh, Maximus, who he trusts won't keep it, and he's going to give it back to the people. But of course, in the middle of the night, there's a plot, and he gets killed by his own son. And um, that's that's the basic. So and then they they turn on, on on Maximus, and he has to fight his way through. But for me, the the it, it's it's uh, the other thing about it is. It's, it's an action movie, but the way that Russell Crowe portrays Maximus, it's not your run-of-the-mill, uh, fearless, gladi- there's so many Gladiator movies, but it's not your, your hard-edge, uh, unbreakable man. The bit where he finds his wife and child, and he cries, and he's got the mucus coming out of his nose, and he's so, he's so pathetic and so miserable. It's, it's, just, it's, just, um, it's just emotions we never saw. I think if you look back at that time, it just wasn't happening in the movies at the time. Yeah, you would, you never got these, these this kind of action movie. Yeah, that was so character driven, not just action driven. Yeah, you know? and it has some mad action in it. Oh, it's got yeah. some great action mm. in it,
0: man. And uh, it's it's a, it's a high point for Ridley Scott for me. I think I think he, ter- he 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 kind of went down yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think he's trying to that.
1: recreate that after that. Yeah, yeah. Even going as far as getting Russell Crowe again for the Robin Hood movie and all this kind of stuff. But he but I think just the cast Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin, in was there, gonna say, and, yeah. uh, and um, the guy who plays uh, Maximo who passed away um, during the filming of it oh, uh, Oliver Reed Oliver Reed mm, mm. did you hear how he died? didn't he die on set laughing and drinking or something? no he died uh, oh. yeah, challenging someone to a drink off hey. <laughs> he just drank way more alcohol than any human could take and yeah. he, I guess he couldn't take it that's but, Oliver Reed man Yeah, so that's some be... great
0: stories about him but I'll save oh, those yeah. for another podcast
1: <laughs> yeah but that was and that that set me uh, on a a, a tangent I started getting into sort of um, Roman history after that and then then, uh, books set in that narrative is like a a, it's a favourite narrative of mine now Mm. favourite setting of mine
0: yeah I have an excellent book you might like to borrow called Rubicon uh, if you haven't read it by Tom Holland about the fall of the Roman Empire oh interesting not (laughs) Spider-Man different Tom Holland there's a Uh, lot of Tom Hollands out there there's a film director called Tom Holland as well I found out the other day but yeah um, yeah so, yeah, uh, okay, that's that's like kind of big, bombastic cinema. Mm. So yeah. you've gone for that as your physical film. Yeah, and it, and it just happens it, to be it's like a, blo- a big it's a,
1: a blo- blockbuster. And it, was, yeah. it, it won Best Director, I think, as well at I the time. I think so, yeah, 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 or
0: Best Film. Best it's, got, film it's got a yeah. handful of uh, Oscars yeah, and, and a bunch, a bunch of, of nominations yeah. under its belt,
1: right? Mm-mm. And usually when I, when I watch these awards, I'm like, nah, what are you talking about? You should have watched this. But Gladiator definitely is one of those movies where I, f- I feel like it deserves every praise it gets.
0: You and must does, have been uh, late teens when it came out, right? I, was, I think I was, was early uh, 20s. I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 yeah. when it came out, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good time. Good mm-hmm. time for, to be excited about yeah. movies and to not have the internet kind of creeping in a
1: room oh, yeah, and ruining things yeah. a little bit. And it was it was very gr- sort of grown up compared to what I was watching at the time. I was watching a lot of, like, Return of the Living Dead or something. like just, I used to watch a lot of, like, weird, weird schlock growing yeah. up, you know? And this, this was, like, a nice, polished... Proper director, proper cinematographer like a cinematic masterpiece, you know?
0: But it had that visceral that physical quality. yeah like, as you get with kind of the horror overlap, films, whether you know? they're good or yeah, bad. Yeah, for sure. This
1: was brutal in yeah, many yeah. ways, wasn't yeah. it? This was my gone with the wind. Nice. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um it's uh it's it's a great selection and like and they're making a sequel, right? I heard. No, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Crazy. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, again, Ridley, Ridley trying to recapture something. It's horrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not going to be Russell Crowe. Well, I, I can't the... imagine what they're going to do with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think. But Crowe's involved some somewhere along the line. Interesting. Uh, um, maybe he's producing or something. Mm. I'm sure I read something about it the other day. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I can't remember, so I won't talk
1: too much about and just it. just that line. It's got that... Every, every classic, are, are you not, not entertained? entertained? <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> come on. That was, that's so... But that's, it's those lines that's a beautiful kind
0: there. of... Uh, it works on so many levels, oh, right? It's a sort sure. of self-reflexive, you know. Yeah. It's like Ridley Scott saying, I've made the biggest yeah. fucking movie of yeah, my yeah. career. Was, what do you think of this then? Yeah. What do you think of them apples? Inspired,
1: probably up there with like, like the the Majesty of Ben Hur, you know, at the time. Yeah, yeah, But like fifty years later or something, you know.
0: And again, harkening back to those kind of those biblical and and right uh, those those kind of epics, yeah. those swords and sandals. Is that what they used to yeah, be yeah, called? Yeah, swords and sandals. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the, the Hollywood and the film
1: industry, all these film industries, work in cycles. But I see, think. but it but it wasn't it wasn't CGI driven. No, or it wasn't action driven. Like if they did that today, they'd probably cast The Rock. As Maximus, and he'd just be punching and kicking his way through the whole thing, and smoldering, and smoldering. Yeah, you know, and it's like, but no, this was like I think it was very decidedly everything he does is in character, you know, yeah. like it's and it's like every 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 sword fight, every it's it's tactical, which goes back to him as a person being mm-hmm. a being a logical, tactical person. So it's like nothing is out of place in that, you know, as far as I, and I've seen it like probably like thirty times in the last twenty years, maybe maybe more. Wow, I watch it at least once a year for sure, like. Um, and uh, I have to get—I get, I have to get it on Blu-ray. I have it on DVD. I don't have it on Blu-ray. I have to get a. I would like to come and watch it. Yeah, we should. on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. So um,
0: it's peak Crow. It's peak Definitely, Scott. Definitely. Yeah. Joaquin is on the ascendant. Just right. Coming it's one up, of his yeah. early roles. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right, fantastic stuff, man! Excellent. I think we will move from physical uh, to emotional now. What did okay. you choose for your
1: emotional film? For emotional, again, because because my, my music my, my, my movie selection is always so, it's so narrow. I I watch things so specifically, but there's one movie that I go to. Um, it's called Fifty Fifty, Seth Rogen and uh, uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it's a movie about a man who's, di- who's, who's diagnosed with uh, with cancer in his lower back and he's got a 50-50% chance to, to survive it. And it's just him going through, um, going through life, going through the motions of accepting whether he's going to live or die or not. And uh, I watched it in the middle of a breakup and I was thinking like, I'm here worried about a breakup. This guy is either going to live or die. And it kind of put things into perspective for me as well the same way it put things into perspective for the for the lead character and uh, and i appreciate the the humor in it as well that how they took such a such a serious topic of somebody who's about to either live or die and they injected it with like sort of like you gotta you gotta just find find the humor in it you know because mm. life is the tragedy face and the the laughing face and and, they, and then that, that's what that movie taught me. It just taught me that sometimes even things, if things are going the bad way, there's got to be something to, just sort of, yeah, take the edge off, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my favorite scene is that is if you haven't seen the movie, is a bit where they're um, where Jason where Jason Leavitt is gonna sh- gonna shave his head because he's about to go for chemo, and then uh, he he goes where'd you where'd you get this? And Seth Rogen hands him some clippers, and he goes where'd you get these clippers from? I goes, uh, they're just around, and he's like. Do you shave your balls with this? And he's like something or something like that. It's like, no. And then after he finishes doing it, he goes, "I, I definitely shave my balls with that." You know, so it's and it's yeah, or, or like the or like the bit where like, um, what are the odds? What are the odds? It's like, oh, it's 50-50. 50-50? Those are great odds, you know. Like you know, when it's fifty-fifty, you almost always win, you know. Like yeah, so I love that. I love that. Uh, it's 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 like a feel-good feel bad movie you yeah, know yeah.
0: yeah it's an interesting one I, I i have seen it i've seen it once and um i remember being quite uh un unnerved by the fact that that um joseph gordon levitt's character is super fit he swims all the time right oh, yeah. if i remember correctly. yeah yeah he's... and that really throws seth Roger because he's like what are you talking about my friend is yeah. the fittest guy ever right um yeah so uh yeah I, I, it, it's judd apatow right right yeah yeah, I think I need to rewatch it because yeah. uh, I've it, seen it once and I think it kind of unnerved me a little bit, which okay. is the point, right? It's, right, a, it's yeah. a serious, it's a feel good, feel bad movie, like you said. Right, right. It's trying to draw laughter out of something that is yeah something that's oft, more often uh, treated in, in a deadly serious way, not, Right, pun not intended.
1: Oh yeah, no, definitely, and and that's that's what I loved about it. It's like, um, and also the fact it's just like, yeah, like like you were saying about how he's such he's so he's so fit. He's always looking after himself. Anything can happen in life, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and you need your friends and family to to get you through these things, you know. And it's like, and like, like I said, I don't watch too many movies like that. But that one immediately, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the question, mm. that immediately came to my mind. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is my, and I watch, I bring it out every now and then. Yeah, and it's got that great uh, end credit song from uh, Pearl Jam, um, uh, Yellow, Yellow, Let Letter or something. Uh the Yeah, hell? it's, it's uh, I, the, uh, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. <laughs> but that that's it. Just it just bookends the movie so well. Yeah. Nice. The whole thing, even the soundtrack. i I, I grew up on like '90s grunge. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think the the, the, the soundscape for the movie is sort of centered around that as well. It's sort of like the, I think it's the music, the actors grew up with. So the soundtrack, the story, the characters. Mm. I love all of it. Yeah. They don't, they don't go for a live then. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no. There's no like <laughs> lightning crashes or anything. But also like. No, um, no. I mean the Pearl Jam song. oh live. Oh, I thought you meant the band live. No, no. <laughs> alive yeah no no, no, no go that's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. but also the other thing about that movie i, I also liked was um, yeah aside from, it's it's got that yeah that oh, what what's the director's name um, apatel Humor to it mm. which uh, which i really like i feel like he like even he's got the he did knocked up right he did Knocked Up, uh, um, 40-Year-Old Virgin. 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: He produced, uh, I'm not sure which of these he produces and directs because he goes into production, but he produced um, The Big Sick, which I was oh, going to ask okay. you about if you've okay, seen with that.
1: Okay, uh, with uh, Kunal uh, Mangiani? I think that's, yeah. I, I love him. Cool. He's a... He's, uh... He's, a, he's one of my favorite actors yeah
0: and yeah. made his way into
1: the Marvel <laughs> into universe the Marvel recently universe. he's yeah, fantastic yeah. in that uh, was a little bit Eternals. wasted in that I, I feel like I, I wanted to see a little bit more from him Wow, because that, that, he kind of uh, just bounces out towards the end of the we movie we are being yeah. pinged back to Marvel discussions as if we were, we're attached block, by elastic band block that out <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a seven degrees of separation it's, it's probably getting smaller and smaller in Hollywood
0: I think with the with the Eternals though I kind of like that the, the, that kind of um, non-specific approach mm. the idea that we were looking at a group of people who we don't just been introduced to you know right, I had that right. sort of X-Men that early X-Men kind of feel to the, it
1: the, the, the bit with him in the Eternals that really got me was when he's on the ground and the creatures on top of him and he goes Dishoom he makes a gun finger and he goes Dishoom which is really funny because honestly when little Indian kids play like pretend guns the sound is dishum because in the old Indian movies when they fire a gun and you have to go back and listen to this you don't hear the bang of the gun you hear the ricochet for some reason <laughs> I don't know why. You hear the ting instead of you hear the dshum instead of the bang. I don't know why. I don't know how that started in the Indian cinema, but it was a thing in like the 80s and early 90s. That's you don't awesome. get the bang, you get the ricochet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, going back to Apatow, uh, Yeah, I love, even in 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is such a s- silly movie, such a silly premise, hmm. but there's so much emotion in that one as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting. I've, I've listened to interviews with... Um, um, yeah uh, kunal Mangia i'm probably saying it's yeah wrong, but yeah uh but and also um steve carell right. recently um and they both with 40 year old virgin and the big sick they met judd apatow he liked them he liked their stand-up or mm-hmm. something they had done before and he said come to me and pitch me five ideas for movies oh, well. and i think literally the the each each film 40 year old version of the big sick was the last kind of away one oh, after well. they really really tried and he'd be like yeah yeah i like it and then uh, then he was like well i did have this thing i used to do about a 40 year old virgin sitting around playing poker with his friends and he's like
1: that i like but that's always the realest thing you know some even even for me like sometimes i'll be I'll be writing something or drawing something and i'll be thinking so much of it and then this this little back burner idea that you have and you don't think much of it cuz it's the back burner but because it's the back burner you probably dedicate more time to that than anything you're writing or 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 drawing or whatever so usually they're, they're the ones that are the, the, the most baked you know yeah
0: yeah, yeah and i do, i think the creativity exists on the Periphery of concentration sure. and focus, right? You yeah. get these things that kind of bristle on the yeah, edges yeah. of your consciousness and your your imagination.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want this to be like a weird plug or anything, but I'm just want to. I just want to say, like, like recently, like, like a book, the book that I did. Uh, I did a comic book, and I did it for myself as a USB project for my lecturer. No one was supposed to see it. I spent more time drawing books than I want other people to see. This one is me, and and that became. Something that got published instead of these other works that I've been spending so much time developing and working on, to the point where sometimes I feel like, man, why this one? You know, I wanted <laughs> this idea to be the big one. You know, so but yeah, so that's I think that's the way it is because yeah. I, I guess you just free about it. Mm. You don't, mm. you're not so hard on yourself about it. You don't you know? force it so much. You don't force you it know, so it much. It comes a bit more organically,
0: a bit yeah. more naturally. Mm.
1: And that's the one thing. Just I'm gonna try and reel it back to 50/50. It's the mundaneness of it. It's just a slice of life. Mm. You know? It's just like it's nothing big. The whole movie starts off with, Does he have cancer? And it ends with you find out. I'm not gonna spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but like um and it's just that. It's, it's it's not there's no um there's not many highs and lows in it. It's a very no. it's very flat. It's mm. a very flat movie. And it's kind of I think
0: I think uh Seth Rogan wrote it because his yeah. friend got cancer, yeah, right? Yeah. It's kinda of based on a Mm-mm. so it's just trying to capture Yeah yeah that the the experience of, of of having a friend that goes through that right yeah, yeah. nicely pulled back mm. anything else you want to say uh no just on that. 50 50. That's, that's that's all that's all. wonderful no, no, yeah. I, another great choice and another movie that i've had in my mind to re-watch just because i love the apatow style i love joseph gordon levitt i love seth rogan mm. so um joseph gordon or gordon joseph
1: nice Jason Go- joseph Jason, gordon Jason gordon joseph, joseph. gordon Levitt. yeah joseph, <laughs> joseph again, all our names wrong. yeah joseph gordon Levitt. yeah yeah all
0: right so our final uh category is uh intellectual okay i'm very excited to hear what you've got chosen for this this
1: one i had to really think about because again i watch a lot of schlock still <laughs> but um i was gonna uh, okay i'm gonna give it to zodiac Mm-hmm. Zodiac with um, with because um, I was gonna I was gonna I was thinking of some other stuff and um, I feel like Zodiac is good because a lot of that movie is so underplayed mm. it's it's sort of like everything is presented to you and you sort of just watch it and you piece things together the same way the characters on the I was gonna give it to Fight Club which is another Fincher <sighs> movie or maybe Gone Girl which is another Fincher movie yeah. but I I decided to pick um, Zodiac because it's got my favorite ending. It's got my absolute favorite ending, which is so underplayed. Can we spoil on this show? Or, yeah, are, are absolutely. We, are we, are That's
0: you, like a 20-year-old movie, it, right? Yeah,
1: it's a 20-year-old movie if you haven't seen it by now. But it's just the way the whole thing is about the killer might have a basement. he has got to be somewhere where he's prepping stuff. Basement? Nobody in San Francisco has a basement, hardly ever. And then he, in the, right in the end, when he meets the last guy who's supposed to be the killer, and goes, Can you, if you're going to come down with me to my basement, I'll, I'll show you the stuff I've got. And then... Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, is it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> basement. You know, yeah. like it's. I love that ending. It's so, um, it's it, it 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 could be such a dry piece of toast ending, but it's just like, oh my god, it's him. He's the one. You know, and of course you don't. They don't really lean hard into anything. No. But uh, I love. It gave me chills. It gives me chills just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one of Fincher is for me one of those directors who every every film almost seems to be like a like a jigsaw puzzle or a right. detective game, yeah. right? From yeah. Seven onwards.
1: Mm-hmm. The other thing I like about it as an intellectual cuz when, when you first said intellectual movie I was thinking like what's an intellectual movie? Rain Man, uh, Beautiful Mind. But no, but I was thinking like but even just the language of the film is you get so much from just from this watching because of the way he frames things, or the way that he, he presents a particular clue, when he uses a close-up, when he uses a wide shot, all these things, that his, his, the language he uses to piece together his movies, and in particular, I feel like Seven was, was like one of his first breakout ones for me, when I really noticed who he was, but I feel like Zodiac was like sort of like, he, he knew all these tricks, and he wasn't trying to pull your attention to everything he was doing, he just sort of laid them out, and he lets you sort of go through it at your own pace. And uh, that's what I really love about it. I feel like it's it's a it's a crime thriller because no one knows what the, what the Zodiac killer is. Mm, mm. But when you're watching it, you kind of like, it's like um, yeah, you, you you I feel like I'm one of the detectives in this, in, the, in the in the show. Yeah. More so than watching something with like like a Sherlock Holmes theme or like a proper detective theme. In this one, I feel like I'm piecing it together along with the um, with Robert. And it's got the cast: Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. You know, um, it almost. Reminds me of another movie, which I'm not sure if you'd class as intellectual as well, but another favorite of mine, which was L.A. Confidential, Ooh. where you have all the characters who have, they have their little piece of the puzzle, mm. but you need everybody to bring it in, you know, to find, yeah, yeah. to find what's going on. Yeah, It's one
0: of those classic, pulpy kind of, is it Elmore Leonard, uh, based on uh, uh, one of his books? Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, the L.A. Quartet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, oh, it's a great, great mm-hmm. movie. Russell Crowe
1: again. Is Russell Crowe Crow Crow one of your favourite actors? He, he you think? Is. Russell Crowe, Kurt uh, Russell Crowe and Kurt Russell. The Russell, I like the Russell like Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Kurt yeah. Russell though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's the boy. He's yeah. amazing. But oh, back to back to Zodiac and yeah. Fincher. I, I I absolutely agree with what you're saying there. So I used to um sometimes within my with my film classes, I used to get them to watch seven mm-hmm. and and use it as an excellent way of um, showing how a filmmaker can can use a selection of shots, as you just said, mm. can choose a wide shot rather than a close up, mm. can choose a high angle rather than a low angle, because mm. they're playing a psychological game. Right, they're playing the viewer into right. a certain role. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zodiac, it's flatter, almost yeah. to the point of you could miss it. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliance. Its Definitely. brilliance is mm-hmm. mundane to use a word that you used about fifty-fifty. Yeah. You yeah. kind of like these sometimes these just little ripples mm-hmm. cinematically.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I, I I saw a video on uh, Seven once on YouTube, which talked about... Uh, there's, there's a bit where when Brad Pitt's character and Morgan Freeman's character, when they sort of sort of get some idea of who the actual killer might be, uh, there's a shift in the way they're being framed. They're being framed individually, different camera angles, and when they get to the same page as to who the killer is, they're in the frame together, mm. these mm. little things, you know? And I feel like in, um, in Zodiac, uh, and I watched this movie a couple of times as well, uh, a lot of the times, the characters are in isolation. They are sort of doing these things by themselves. You know, you might see Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal in the in the in the because they they're working for the same paper. Ruffalo is always on his own, and we don't know who the killer is, and they never definitively know as well because at no point do they ever get to bring their resources together. Yeah, you know, to yeah. f- to finalize it. Yeah, I do kind of wish I I I I am thinking now if I should have picked. Um, L.A. Confidential as well because I have a lot to talk about that movie as well. But maybe I can say that for the next podcast. But I, but similar similar reasons. Yeah. Because that one there, it it, it there's a lot of clever clever gimmick, like the like the the basement scene is my favorite bit of um, of uh, Zodiac. But in it's like L.A. The, Confidential. Uh, Tremassi. All the Rolo Tramasi. The Rolo Tremassi when <laughs> he goes. So did he mention? Uh, who the suspect might be. And he goes, yeah, he mentioned Rollo Tomasi, you know? And it's like, whoa. And the, just from that one thing, the whole thing unravels, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's kind of like, uh, that's like a nineties thing, maybe like you got I Kaiser uh? Soze and Rollo Tomasi. He was dead and, all
1: along, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a proper nineties trope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, just while we're talking about Zodiac, I have to mention one of my favorite Ever cinematic representations of Zodiac is in Seven Psychopaths. Have you? Uh, I, I have not seen that.
1: I've oh got a friend who's
0: always recommending it to I'm me. I'm not sure—is that Fred? Me? No,
1: it no, it's, a, it's Michael I'm John actually. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we have to watch it together. Okay. There is—it's not a great spoiler to mention okay. it, I don't think, but it, there is a couple. Um, there is a, 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 na- a side narrative in that movie um, about um, uh, a couple who decide that they are going to go around the country killing serial killers. They oh, are okay. serial killer killers oh, interesting. and they kill zodiac in one scene oh, that's okay. why we never wow. find out who he is oh, because
1: interesting. i gotta check it out ah, oh it's well
0: amazing oh. and of course the um the um the guy that plays the, the 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 guy in the couple is oh my god i'm gonna kick myself with forgetting all the names musician who did downtown train and uh Mm. I'm gonna have to cut some of this out.
1: <laughs> just no, leave it in. It's, <laughs> it's candid. Yeah. It's. Uh, and, and could, I could just Google it right now.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have to Google <laughs> it. We'll see if I can beat Google. He's yeah. he's
1: uh, uh, t- uh, Tom Waits. Tom ah, Waits. Ah, I was gonna oh. say Tom Waits. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Right.
0: Cut <laughs> there in the end. Okay. Who I love as a as a as a, a fantastic musician crossover yeah, actor. He's Night in Hawk's. a couple yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim he's... Jarmusch movies, Terry right. Gilliam movies.
1: Right, and there's this one that I that wasn't actually him. It's the coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. It's actually, uh, I think it's Ron Perlman playing him. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, I think with I, his, with the Iggy Pop. I need to rewatch yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Man, I
0: love Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. We'll have to save that for another podcast as right, well.
1: Right, All right. But yeah, bringing it back to Zodiac. Bringing it back. Yeah. We've done,
0: uh, yeah, Zodiac. I mean, just Fincher.
1: Fincher. And it is very
0: slow yeah
1: it is very slow mm. you know like um like like my wife she's always like i love story driven movies and i tried to watch zodiac with her and she was like wow this is so slow but every <laughs> every scene is feeding you information yeah you know yeah, yeah every scene mm.
0: and just the 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 levels the level of engagement and the ways that he draws you in with just the the slightest mm. movement of the camera Mm-mm. I've just, I love that about his work. Mm. His camera work is so smooth. Mm. And he comes from that sort of 90s group of um, auteurs right. who came through making music videos. Right, right. right he yeah. made music videos. Michel Gondry made music mm-hmm. videos. Michael uh, Bay
1: made music videos. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> said about that. <laughs> The Rock was good. The, Bays, the oh, Rock.
0: I love The Rock. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done yeah. a couple of good movies. And I like uh, Bad Boys. Bad, and Bad Boys, Boys Two. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: um, yeah, but you know. yeah, definitely Finch's style yeah yeah, it's, it's, it, it is very 90s yeah you're right but
0: there's there's something there's something about those 90s directors and the fact that they had this kind of these kind of music video uh, play pens where I think uh, reading um, interviews with them they are used to having a lot of control which is why they're sort of these neo-auteur kind mm-hmm. of characters because they they weren't just like d- telling the DP what to do mm-hmm. or you know they had yeah, yeah. input into yeah, all yeah. of these aspects they're of like the, the They're present. right there behind the camera cranking yeah, it you know
1: yeah. but also you know just just, a thought now, maybe because they work with music videos and it's they, on such a short three, four, five minute timer, maybe they also have the ability to just pack all that detail into these small segments of stuff happening I on screen. I think so, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. As much as you can, every shot, you know?
0: And that's why they have this kind of really comprehensive understanding of the process, right? Yeah.
1: right? Because they. This they, will lead to this, this will lead to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, just going back to the, the, the flat mundaneness of it. It makes the murders pop. Oh yeah. When you just have people sitting around doing the code, walking around this newsroom, and suddenly they're at the lake getting, and, the, and he's like stabbing the couple. It's it, it really, the juxtaposition. It's almost like a juxtaposition of things. It's like something mundane, and then you, and you have these because that's what it was back then.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. like this simple just popping out of life, nowhere. and
1: all of a sudden you've got this maniac just, just just slaughtering people through San Francisco. Yeah, it, it it was shocking and out of place, and it does yeah. sort of feel out of place in the the rest of what Finch is doing you know yeah. you could just sit down and dissect this thing forever I think definitely yeah.
0: and we were I think we we're gonna to have to sit down and watch all three of these movies <laughs> we should, pretty yeah. soon man we should I like this this is the first time that I normally I've asked people for their list beforehand but okay. you were just like let's go in blind yeah. and I liked it yeah, I think cool. that we might have to stick with this format uh-uh. um, although it does refer, lead to a lot of oh, and <laughs> well
1: it depends on, depending on how engaged the listener is it might the candid stuff I, will, I, I love the candid stuff yeah, definitely. I love people forgetting forgetting things and having to remember or whatever it just yeah. makes, it, makes it more relatable exactly you know, the the ums and the ahs yeah. you know it's natural yeah this anyway what's the next what what do we have the next?
0: next uh the 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 final aspect of this is discussions of what you would like to see more of in okay. movies what what movies are lacking um in your opinion mm. and i think maybe i'd like to start this off maybe this could be sure. a multifaceted sure. response i'd like to start this off by saying you didn't pick any horror movies
1: Mm. weird huh <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so weird, yeah. that is
0: weird maybe mm. you just kind of thought you know was because gonna... that's your, your wheelhouse that's yeah. your locker the whole yeah, time
1: yeah. you try and push yourself out of it a little bit I do like out of place horror mm. you know what I mean like Zodiac could be a horror movie yeah yeah you know? that's what yeah. I, that yeah. I
0: was going to mention yeah, that like... sort of tends that way Mm-mm.
1: and uh, um, when, I, when I was thinking physical in the beginning I was thinking like maybe um, like Bruce Campbell in like Evil Dead 2 or something you know we, he's got a very physical performance
0: yeah but um yeah, I no. thought you might go there actually oh, I thought yeah. Evil Dead 2 might yeah. be the one I'm glad you did I'm glad, didn't. I'm glad yeah. I can surprise you every Absolutely. now and then you know? Too. that's
1: cool uh, I, I I also wanted to find from, for intellectual I was also thinking of like maybe Exorcist mm. that's, I, I, that's one of my favorite favorite my top three movies of all time, are uh, Exorcist, Gladiator, and I'm always debating the third one.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah, gotta have to float for third. Yeah, but Exorcist
1: <laughs> and Gladiator is sort of like that's my benchmark. Yeah. For and and it's very psychological, it's very um, you know so um, and and it is intellectual. Cause it's not like it's not just a straightforward horror movie. If you if you give it to somebody who's watching Saw and Paranormal Activity or Conjuring, they go, "This is so boring." You know, like get to the exorcism. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like a it's it's literally like a. Like a battle of wits between Father Father Karis and the Devil, you know. So and it's and
0: it's inc- it's incredible in so many other ways. Looking at it as as I always really enjoy, which I'm sure frustrates the, the heck out of some people sometimes. But looking at it as a sort of cultural phenomenon, the society that it came yeah. out of you know the real mm. monsters and the real evils are single parent families, right? Or, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, in Reagan that's Reagan true. America, yeah, um, that's the site of evil, um, mm. or just you know like little girls, get pubescent girls, of course. Right. Is that something that horror loves to tap into of all course. the time?
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 recently, maybe about two, three years ago, I read the book for Exorcist. Oh. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, William Peter Bately. Yes. Yeah. And Betty, uh, and uh, that just Batty. gave me a whole new perspective on the movie mm. because uh, it find me it made me realize something because the book, and I'm sorry to go off tangent with the with the final question, but no. this is last right. thing I, yeah. I promise, uh, the book is less about the exorcism and more about Father Karras. Right. It's, it's more about Father Karras, and, he's, and he's, 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 he's dealing with his faith. And there's also hints that he might be a, a homosexual, which, of course, conflicts with the, with the Catholic and the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many more layers to that. And, and, and his mother's dying. And in the middle of all of this, and, and his, his battle with his faith, he has to rescue a little girl from the devil, which is why I am convinced the book is called The Exorcist. Not the exorcism, mm. not the possession. It's, it's The Exorcist. It's about Father story. Karras. Whereas the movie, I guess, even though it was written by uh, the, the writer, did the screenplay for it, I think he shifted it more towards the her- the horror aspect of it mm. and made it more about the possession. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. That was one thing. That, that was my biggest takeaway. That's right. Yeah. But, but, the, it... They drop a lot of character elements. For father mm-hmm. Keris, in order to establish reagan and, and the devil and all that stuff and
0: mm. they uh, they kind of recast Keris at the last minute did you, did you yeah with a real uh real,
1: pr- real ex-priest, yeah. Uh, ex-priest yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to the second that they're they're they're, they're 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 remaking it yeah they're remaking the exorcist and they say they're going to be truer to the books i saw the first poster for it and just just seeing a possessed reagan on the poster i didn't i was thinking oh man it, it, it they might be treading familiar mm. ground but if they do something with a more character driven uh, emphasis on like the the yeah on Father Keras and his journey yeah I'd yeah. be very interested in seeing that yeah mm. I think so mm
0: um but i I was gonna i was gonna say we we could talk a lot about just the movies of william friedkin as well (laughs) that's for another podcast right yeah yeah we got so many other podcasts to record what
1: i'd like to (laughs) but yeah so the the two questions was what what i like to see from movies and what else what what else was there you said that was it what would you what do you think there's not enough of slash what would you like to see more of i would like to see and again this goes back to what we've been talking about the whole session the sort of the dominance of this machinery which is sort of Scoping out the market and seeing what's popular, and then just churning out more of what's popular. Mm. Jurassic Park was good. Let's make Jurassic World. Uh, uh, you know, Transformers was good. Let's make another Transformer movie. I want to see. That's why. That's why I appreciate people like Taika Waititi and all. I want to see more of the director, more distinct voices in popular movies, mm. not like 10 Marvel movies that are the same. You know, yeah. like I want to see more more people bringing in their quirks and their uh, their. They're sort of anchors. Like, yeah, that's a very Lynch Lynchian movie or that's a very Taika Waititi movie. I want to see more of that yeah. in the mainstream. Yeah. just doesn't have to be anything too far-fetched or, like, too against the grain. But like, like I said, like, back in the day, when we had, we've always had blockbusters. But this was a James... This is a James Cameron movie. You know, this is Terminator. This is very James Cameron. Here's John Carpenter. This is very John Carpenter. Even though you could argue they're almost the same... Same same genre or same style, but they were yeah. very distinct. Yeah, but he, yeah. But you watch like Endgame, and then you watch like Doctor Strange, and you're like, "What's yeah. the difference?" You know? I do think that uh, I do think that Multiverse
0: of Madness had had a bit of Raimi in there. He's still got some personality. A little bit of Raimi. I, I, but it was it was He was So
1: watered down. Yeah, there was more yeah. Raimi in the Spider Man movies. Definitely. You know? Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I
0: could talk for uh, ever about Spider Man yeah. One and Two uh, as as the the beginnings of 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 um of the of the marvel and the superhero kind of f- trend that we know and right. and maybe love hate these days still my and favorite what they did what they did yeah. back then mm. um is they took indie directors mm-hmm. and they used indie directors mm. um god and now sam like Raimi blade. is the only one like i can think of the guy
1: who did blade he made that What's his name? He made yeah, Hardwire. Blade yeah, yeah. right? No, no, no. Blade uh, Blade One. Oh, okay. I'm the I'm the Blade One guy. I love Guillermo del Toro's Blade Two, but Blade One. Mm. It's the guy who made that movie Hardwire. Um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do anything big before that. Yeah. he used to make this weird um, sci-fi, almost like uh, these um, not B-grade. That's the wrong word for it, but like. Um, Sort of these camp sci-fi movies, you know. Yeah. And suddenly he was doing didn't Blade. did
0: did hardware, didn't he? Just just do a new movie.
1: He did a vamp. He did a western as well. I think it's a movie called Blood West or something as well. Oh. And, but nothing, nothing. I don't think he's ever done anything uh, as sort of universally spiked as um yeah. as uh, as Blade after, before or after. Mm. Yeah. But I want to see more of that. Recently, one of my favorite movies. Sorry, go on. No, God,
0: sorry. Just I was just racking my brain for more of the examples of this, and of course, Tim Burton doing Batman. Oh yeah, you know. So throughout the '90s and the Again, early noughties, yeah. you yeah. had this kind
1: of trend. See, like you give it to the director; he With has his vision. Yeah. Now you get a director, and they have to listen to Kevin Feige's vision. You yeah. know, and he's got this uniform for all of it, and it's been like 20, 30 movies now, man. Yeah. I'm sick of looking at it. <laughs> you know, I like, I like I, and even it's it's the same kind of special effects. It's the same kind of visual narrative and I'm I want to see something different mm. like mm. The, like recently I watched the movie called um, The Greasy Strangler here we go yeah uh, and uh, it was just the weirdest it was like it was like a John Walters movie mm. but like Pink Flamingo's John Walters yeah yeah and uh, it was like the most stupid depraved uh, pile of, like could easily be a pile of garbage plot but it was so well shot so well-written, like, a care went into constructing this piece of shit, you know, like, it was a, it was a planned piece of crap, you know, and I appreciated that, I appreciated someone making a movie that they knew 90% or maybe 99% of the audience would not care about, but they went out of their way to make this, and granted, they probably didn't have the budget that they have to spend, that's the other thing, because these movies have such massive budgets, they all have to be focus groups and all this kind of crap, but like, just the fact that he made something Almost like for himself, maybe, you know, yeah. and for his friends, you know. And that, that's, that's how I feel people used to make movies before. Like Evil Dead was a bunch of friends making a movie or like... Just out in the woods, yeah, man, with cameras strapped to planks of yeah. wood. or Robert Rodriguez making something with his buddies, yeah. you know. That you're just making something that you want to watch, hmm. which is how I do my book. I want to make books that I want to read, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I wish more directors would just make... Yeah, just... I wish there was room for directors to sort of make more stuff that they re- that they want to make.
0: You know what I mean? This this could be this could be the good the, the upside of the of there being a lack of a film industry here in Fiji. Yeah, we could over start the next that couple way. of years yeah. we we may just as we have talked about so many times we may actually get and get into yeah. gear and do it. That's
1: why I love like like, like George Miller. Yeah, you know he, like he'll he'll oh, make wow. Mad Max. Yeah. And He'll babe. make Happy Feet and Babe, <laughs> and he made a recent one with Idris Elba, the, the, the genie oh, one, you know, 3,000 yeah. years of long Which end. I, which I didn't, I didn't dig it. Uh, I like, but it. no, but I but get... I, I like that. It's this is the dumbest thing when when you, when I watched Zoolander back in the day. Yeah, there's a there's a really stupid line from, from Owen Wilson where he goes, I love Sting. I don't like. I don't listen to him, but I appreciate. I appreciate the music he's making, you know. So it's like, and it's like you listen to it, you go. That's the dumbest thing. And I'm like, I get it. I relate to Hansel, Man. you know. Yeah, Hansel. He's Man. so hot right now. But um, so hot right now. Yeah. So I, 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 see certain movies, and I'm like, wow, I get it. I'm glad you made this, mm. you know. And to be honest, like the the what is that other one? Um, the multiverse one. That's not Doctor Strange. Um. The one we. Um, uh, Spider-Man into No, 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 the, no, no, no. The, the other one, the other, other multiverse one. We just talked. We we're just talking about it. Um, with um, the spot. Uh, no way home. No no no. No, 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 no! We were just talking about it. The the, the one I said oh, Marvel uh, paid everything all. Everything, everything all everything, yeah yeah <laughs> even sorry yeah I can't it's such a weird name to remember but even that one I yeah. wasn't hundred percent on board for it oh not not a hundred percent. I but. I went uh, in full tilt. Yeah, yeah, but but I but I but I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed just watching something different, Mm. you know, something fresh. And it's like, I want to see more of that. Like, I remember before when I didn't have the internet, I would just go to the video shop and be like, that's an interesting cover. And you bring it home and it's like, wow, that movie was a piece of crap. Yeah. But everything gets into your brain and it sort of stimulates something, you know? And now I think because we've got so much streaming services and Rotten Tomatoes and all this kind of, all the critics and stuff, there's just no room. You know what? I want to watch terrible movies that's what i want to see more i want to see directors just go out there and just make a movie and not worry if it's gonna bomb or if 10 people are gonna like it that's what i want more of but but sadly i know it it might not be like a reality yeah but uh but they, but it's happening there's like there's like a there's a the, the indie scene is doing it a24 is doing it you know um they sort of have like like the green knight i love that movie you know but it's such a for I can I can see it, it's like it's not it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know? it's or,
0: niche, but it's super polished. Yeah, niche, super polished. I mean, yeah. where
1: where are we going to go for our trash yeah. these days? Yeah, is, yeah. Is the kind of yeah is the question. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, and I don't want shock NATO trash. Yeah, I want people to make an effort, but I want to yeah. I, I want to see more passion projects from directors. Yeah,
0: and I think that's why that's kind of why I I I still feel super passionate about creating these film clubs and 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 trying to show just different content. Because, you know, I think there's a feeling that, that people feel that because there is there are so many streaming platforms, there's the internet, there's YouTube, there's all of these places that mm. people can go, and there's pirating platforms, mm. that are torrent sites. Mm. People just feel I have access to everything, anything and everything I could possibly want, mm. but they don't feel but but they will fall into traps like not not to suggest that everyone in the world is stupid about no, movies no, no. and I, I, mm. I am smarter but you know you do fall into Something these familiar. kind of algorithmic yeah, habitual yeah. kind of processes mm-hmm. uh whether they are kind of just uh, psychological because you think i want to watch the same thing the same thing or whether it is algorithmically kind of brought to you by a streaming service a bit of both i think yeah yeah definitely the, the studios
1: know they know this they spend billions of dollars researching this. Yeah. They know that Ben oh, will yeah. will log on, and because <laughs> Ben watched one, two, three, he's gonna watch this fourth one. You yeah. know, yeah. Whether you like it or not, you can try and like. No, I I'm not gonna do it. But somehow. But I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, keep... maybe Ben's a bad example. I, I've, I've seen some of the stuff you <laughs> recommend me. So uh,
0: no, but, but I'm uh... as I'm as uh, as fallible with these kind mm. of pitfalls and traps, habitual kind of uh, yeah. uh, um, habit forming kind of processes as anyone else. Mm-mm. But I think that I something that I consciously try and push myself into new directions always mm-hmm. is with film, right? Trying to explore older movies yeah, and same... cult movies and classic mm-hmm. movies and movies that are coming out, tr- trying, mm. trying, trying, trying so hard to watch Bollywood
1: movies oh yeah, but yeah i
0: still struggle with them
1: man. oh no no bollywood that's that's interesting because you know it goes back to what you were saying about how different people different cultures different people from different places the way they perceive movies the context you know mm. yeah i feel like uh bollywood movies which is which could be the same for like maybe korean or japanese movies they have a narrative which fits with them mm. in, a, in a cultural context you yeah. know like 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 the other day we were watching um we watched um um, uh, what's it called? Um, I've seen a kill. I've seen the killer or the Korean one. Um, oh my gosh! You might have to cut this out. Um, <laughs> keep saying that. Yeah, uh, uh, it was. Wait, uh, uh, so I've a new seen, Korean movie? I know a killer. I've seen a killer. I've seen the devil. I've seen, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You seen that?
0: keeping that entirely totally. okay. just see your little mental process <laughs> i haven't seen it and i don't I'm, okay. i okay i think i think i've heard of it but i can't even remember a story okay so, so
1: going back to the idea of context when you're watching this movie um so that so there's a guy who uh whose wife gets killed by a serial killer mm. so he decides to hunt the serial killer down not kill him he decides to follow him around and every time he's about to make a kill he will intervene and beat the shit out of him, and that becomes his obsession. <laughs> nice. That becomes his obsession. That's see, that's yeah. new. That's yeah. So, something so, different. So, so Courtney, my wife Courtney was saying, I wish we saw him get more obsessed, be disheveled. Don't no whatever. Like we don't see him go crazy. Then I was thinking, you know what? I watched it again. We we watched it again recently, and it was like. He doesn't shave today. His hair is a little bit off. Mm. Or he didn't make his bed, you know, and maybe to you and I, not shaving for one day, or not making your bed, or not combing your hair, is like nothing. It's not the hallmark of a psychopath, but maybe I'm I'm just spitballing it. But maybe in Korea, if you don't make up, wake up and make your bed, or if you're not wearing your shirt the right way, or if you're not doing your hair, it's like maybe someone, maybe some Korean guys watching it going, whoa this guy's losing his mind <laughs> like, you, you know like you what I mean it's the context of it like mm. they, they they dress and act a certain way and this guy was maybe we don't get it because to us this guy this guy's a little bit unhinged yeah but by the cultural context in Korea maybe this guy's like totally nuts you yeah. know like yeah so I feel like Bollywood movies operate that way they, I think they, so. they're made for they've got enough people to support the industry they don't bother making it for you and me they're making it for the for the billions of people who are watching it, just in India, yeah, you know? and, and the they bi- get it—the
0: biggest movie industry in the world. Yeah. they get everything.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I get that. I
0: get. I get that it's it's not for me. So mm. I, I, you know, I wouldn't want it to change in any mm. way. I, I wouldn't be that sort of self-centered. Mm. But but I just. I just struggle with it because of, because of my cultural context, right, of because of my understanding of uh-uh. how films work. Mm-mm. I'm thrown into this universe where, and I think it's called sort of uh, Masala movies, right. where it's a bit of everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's so scattershot. Yeah. And I can't, and I yeah. go in there and I try and
1: grasp onto something
0: yeah. and it's just like
1: sand through my fingers. Yeah, you know? I, I, I often joke uh, with some of my friends. So I, feel like, I feel like at one point, um, someone from Hol- Bollywood, watched an american musical they watched like a gene kelly movie and they're like every movie will be like this for the rest <laughs> of our life <laughs> this is the template for all our movies it has to have action laughter dance you know like yeah. it's gonna have a fight scene it's gonna have what one guy will get punched it's it's singing in the rain you someone's know, yeah. all singing in and the rain like, and it's um, like that's we'll the template this that's one. the template yeah it's a horror movie yeah. but is it a gene kelly horror movie <laughs> you know what i mean i feel like that's what they've done yeah yeah they, yeah. they sort of saw it's, it's like it's like how japanese anime uh, all stem from uh, osama tezuka who wants like a steamboat mickey and then it sort of became the big the big the big bug eyes and the sort of the the chibi look And that's like the anime look i feel yeah. like bollywood movie is sort of anchored in the in the in the hollywood musical mm. yeah mm. Mm. and that might have been the cultural overlap you know, I think so. Like in Fiji, I feel like um, the cultural overlap. People love action, and they have a very um, sort of like slapstick humor. Definitely. So like Jackie Chan, boom, number one. You know, like Excellent. he's funny. He's and you can watch it with, with you can watch uh, Kung Fu Kids or something. You know, you I can't understand what they're saying, but the the, the language of the cinema in the thing with the the jokes and the action, it's you univ- know it becomes universal in Fiji. You mm. know.
0: Yeah, and that, and I guess and we can we can kind of uh, maybe uh, um oh my god <laughs> bookend uh-huh. bookend this by talking about something we talked about at the beginning. I think that's what Marvel ha- have done very well. Okay, They're, they they have a little bit of everything in mm-hmm. there, and especially they managed to pull off comedy and action in a way that for me DC completely failed to do over oh. and over again in the cinematic universe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for me, I feel, I feel like DC, DC doesn't have faith in its own characters. Mm. I feel like they have this roster of characters that are 85 years old and they still can't just bring Superman bright blue suit, bright blue cape, Boy Scout. Just put him on screen. But no, he's got to be edgy. He's got to have the dark blue suit. He's got to break General Zod's neck. Mm. He's the man of steel now. We can't even call this movie Superman because it sounds stupid. You know what I mean? Like, But whereas DC is like, whereas Marvel is like, Captain America, he's the Boy Scout. He's a man out of time and it works. Yeah. You know know what I would love to see? That's a good point. This is what I'd love to see. Okay. I would love if DC took their movies and made them period pieces. Okay. Because I feel like the heyday for, the super, for DC heroes was the heyday for comics mm. back in the 60s and 70s. And everything people love about Batman, Superman, Flash, it goes back to that era. Give me a Steven Spielberg 1950s Superman movie. Wow, nostalgia-driven. Yeah, nostalgia-driven, uh. you know? <laughs> it's the atomic bomb. It's, it's a robot, atomic-powered robot. Superman has to defeat it. Yeah. Give me a 60s crime noir Batman movie. You know, they almost did it with the, with the, with the, with the Reeves' uh, The Batman with, uh, with Patterson. It's more of like a 70s sort of mm. taxi driver-ish kind of uh, setting. But 60s noir Batman movie. That'd be good. Before they go into space, 19, 1968, give me a Green Lantern movie. You know, set in 60s America, space race. This man gets a, gets a ring that can propel him into space. And I think that would let, let Marvel have the modern times let them do whatever they want and then the DC guys are are meeting with Kennedy in the White House or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the Justice League I want to see. I think that would work, man. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then they all meet up. They all meet up to have some big big catastrophe you know by yeah. then superman's been doing it from the 50s he's in the uh, 60s now say, you batman's start just starting back in the yeah. 40s even wasn't it it?
0: Yeah. is it siegel and schuster yeah, yeah, yeah. that developed 42, him? they were yeah. immigrant kind of uh yeah. ex, ex-pats na- like, na- emigres
1: yeah because now when you in the 60s you go whoa look at the batmobile Look at that gadget Batman has. And now you have Batman, and it's like, my phone can do half the stuff that Batman gadgets can do, you know? <laughs> wow, yeah. Batman Bill's got face recognition. Yeah, my yeah, phone's well. got face recognition. But in the 60s, every single gadget Batman would have, <laughs> it would just blow people away, you yeah. know? And and today, the idea of a man dressed as a, in a in a suit fighting crime, it's the TikTok generation, man. There's people cosplaying as everything, you know? Yeah. But in the 60s, it's special. And the, and the idea of, like... Um, this being from another planet you know like it's it's that's the right time for it i think that yeah. would be cool i reckon the flash what's your power he's really fast are you sure? that's the only thing he can do <laughs> we've got we've got planes that can go mach 10 and this guy is really fast that's his only deal but in the 60s you know like that was a yeah. big deal when yeah. it's
0: mach, we're pushing mach 2 mach 3, yeah. whatever yeah i think that Breaking would be the cool sound barrier. yeah dc Take it back. That's a good one. And I think I think potentially that's why uh the last DC franchise that really really worked for me was the Tim Burton Definitely. Batman because it's... it was it was kind of retro. Yeah. It was German expressionist in Mm-mm. style, you oh, know. Yeah, so yeah. it was all these kind of nostalgias and throwbacks. Right. You look at those the uh, Gotham City cityscapes yeah, yeah. that he uses—they're like kind of forties, fifties style, mm, right? Yeah. And the Batmobile even yeah, was yeah. so sleek yeah, the style.
1: Yeah. It's a weird world where like people are using punch cards on computers, and and the it's like it's like futuristic. This guy's driving the Batmobile, yes. but I've got the dial-up telephone. You know, <laughs> it's
0: it's. And he's got these big industrial the axis chemicals, the vats yeah, yeah. You know,
1: these huge churning kind of. For sure. Yeah. If anything, it could have. Yeah, like Tim Burton's '89 Batman. It's almost like a nightmare version of the 60s. Yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. and then of course, oh, I don't know how you feel about Joker, but that threw through, through back to the oh, 80s. yeah, because right?
1: yeah, that was like 80s, like late 70s, early yeah, 80s, the yeah. the Garbage Strike and all that period piece. Yeah, and it worked. Even I love the
0: word. Remember the Warner Brothers logo they had yeah, at yeah, the beginning yeah. of that movie, and it's the old
1: right, right, kind of uh, red, uh, white on red yeah. W. Brilliant. And they did that with Batman. Yeah, it, it's. It, I, I don't know. What, I'm not really sure when that movie is supposed to be set, but with the with the Nirvana soundtrack and everything, mm, it felt mm. like something out of the '90s. You know, yeah, yeah. just push it back another two decades, maybe make it '70s or '60s if you can, and I think it will be ace. Be, that's a very yeah. interesting, interesting proposition. If there are
0: any DC execs listening. Um, yeah. yeah. Something to think about. Something to think about. They got so much invested, man, in this kind of DC MCU kind of uh, battle at the moment. Oh yeah. And yeah. I just see them losing it left, right, and centre. For me. Right. I know there's a die hard Snyder Cut fans, you mm. know, and but I just they just always leave me cold. Oh, they yeah. like they like they have this kind of focus on um moments. Yes. Cinematic moments yes. rather than really involve clever narratives.
1: Right, of course, yeah. And I also feel like um, this 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 whole this fandom culture of the ownership of these characters it's 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 hurting the fans hmm. just because before it's like Tim, hey Tim Burton's gonna make Batman Michael Keaton's Batman what Michael Keaton's Batman no way and people it's like whoa bananas. and now people are like Michael Keaton's the best Batman ever you know <laughs> just let the executives let the movie people make something yeah. and just go watch it if you don't like it Watch something else. Yeah, just go watch something else, you know? But people get so hateful, and it's just... And you're hurting yourself. The fans, I hate... I hate uh, MCU and DC fans. I just hate <laughs> them. They're like the worst they are people, the worst. you know? like Just watch watch it, enjoy it, you know? Or, and and who cares if, like, Rotten Tomatoes says that um, this movie is, is crap. Just go watch it. And yeah. If you like the character, if it's your favorite character or whatever, you know? But yeah, I feel like that's one more thing. Like, But they, but they can't. Because mm. these movies aren't like 100 million anymore. They're like 100 billion now. And there's no... Ex- I and mean, some executive sitting there going, I'm, I'm, I need to get at least 3 billion back, you know? So they've become such focused group projects. Mm. that they, uh, As long as that keeps... I think that's probably why Batman did well. I think it had a smaller budget as well. It didn't have a bigger budget as like the Justice League and all that kind of thing. So mm. yeah, make more small budget stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah character driven
0: yeah i think so and i think mm. i think it's a really i mean i think there are problems up there at the executive level uh, as you say with mm. all this money sloshing around but i think that there's a huge problem with this this kind of uh, 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 the viewer thinking they are the center of mm. the entire universe yeah. you know you know if it's just not for you then it's not for you yeah. you can you then you know, just go and watch something else
1: yeah i remember when i was working in radio back in the day we had a we had one of the producers who was telling us who said, who said who, who, who would tell us uh, when we decide what to play on the radio like how do we know what to play and they're like just play whatever the audience will like what you play if they don't like it you take take it away if not they'll they'll the, the way the way, the way that media works is if you feed it to them the right way they'll think it's the coolest thing and they'll like it you know but i feel like these people don't have faith in their own properties they have to Twist it and turn it, and 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 and. Then, or we need to. It's not enough that we get the fans. We have to get new fans, and suddenly they just make something that's so flat that fans and fans don't enjoy, and new fans aren't gonna get into. You know, just they've got so many great writers. There's so many years of great works, but I don't. End it. I don't want to end it though on, on Marvel DC. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. yeah well, well, I'm uh, going to end it with you know who. I'm going to take it back to what I was saying about context and, and and universal appeal. Um, from from the Rama festival, one of my favorite movies was Epi's movie, the one uh, with the with the Berber. fight. Yeah, with yeah. no no not not Berber, the other oh, one. Oh, Satava. Yeah, Satava. Yes. 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 Oh,
0: sorry. So it was that. Uh, and that's, was a, better.
1: that's a classic example of uh, of uh, of how something has sort of gone into the cultural uh, zeitgeist, but without even realizing it because afterwards we talked to Epi and we are like hey that bit in the end where the camera switched was that on purpose to make it look like an old Chinese movie and he goes no uh, my camera went bad or something we had to use a different camera but he's yeah. doing all these things in, this, in the movies he doesn't even realize where he's getting the inspiration from you yeah. know that's great. That's why you should just watch everything because you never know what's going to stick. Definitely, you
0: know? and I love that. And that's sort of that that idea of interpretation that you bring these interpretations yeah. to a viewing. So in the same movie, yeah. um, uh, Stacy's uh, shoes—they yeah. went and bought them from a from a thrift store. Right. By the end of the movie, they're falling apart and they're held together with yeah. tape. I thought that was kind of a representation of this 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 guy this this character's same. kind of
1: poor. Same. So he had all these cool <laughs> motifs in the in in the movie. Which sort of alluded to so much, because you could think about it like, like because the, the person is a the person is a is a is a trans, is a, well, L, someone from the LGBT comu- community, yeah. and queer. A, it's a, always a queer a good kind of okay. So a, a queer person in this movie, maybe um, she doesn't have access to um, to high heels, or maybe she's in a in a in a situation where she can't get the the dress she wants. So she's sort of making this makeshift outfit, and that adds so much character to her. Yeah. But it was like. No, 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 That's the, the shoes broke. That's why we put uh, the thing or the tape on it. But yeah, he... But he kind of reinforces the same idea. These yeah. are filmmakers
0: making... They don't, have, they don't have the money for an extra set of shoes, right. so they've got to bind it up. So yeah. it kind of speaks to the same thing, right? right?
1: But, but that, that, that rawness of his, of his filmmaking injected so many connotations and so many levels to it, he didn't even realize. Hmm. And it worked. He, had, he was saying so much uh, in, the, in the cinematic language without even knowing the cinematic language. But I guess it just goes. Maybe he just watched so many great movies, and he just immolated that, you know.
0: He's yeah. uh, has a a, a a hugely impressive encyclopedic knowledge mm. of 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 films and directors mm-hmm. though I really didn't expect him to, right. which is perhaps uh, perhaps a little bit uh, patronising of me. But I was, uh. very, I was very impressed yeah, by no, that, I, my discussions I, with him.
1: Yeah, when I say he doesn't know the cinematic language, I don't mean I don't mean he doesn't know cinema. But I feel like, like no. there's like so many things like, that you could learn in film school that they'll interject into. You put the thing this way, you put the camera this way, and it adds this. He didn't study any of that yeah he but just he just inherently he inherently ability. knows it yeah which was great you know yeah, yeah.
0: good stuff yeah and epi varuna will be joining me on this podcast in following weeks yeah. uh Cool, man. That's a nice place to end it. I'm glad you pulled it back no there from, from our hugely repetitive and some <laughs> might say formulaic discussion of re- Marvel DC. Right, right. <laughs> Comic book franchises. Um, any any final words you'd like to pop out there? You already kind of pulled it back somewhere you wanted to. Yeah, no, I'm just, I, I just missed. want to
1: encourage people to uh, not worry about review scores or what other people think. If a movie is remotely interesting to you, just go and watch it and uh, and try and find stuff that you might not even know about just um something like it doesn't have to be like a major studio thing. just watch as many movies as you can and um and support your local film industry it's something that's just starting and i and I really appreciated your uh Rorama festival because um it was really funny how when we were looking for those movie files and you're asking me, oh, your, your filing capabilities are horrible, you know? like It's because before you came along with this festival, there was no outlet for my short films, you know? So I really hope we do get to see more of these, uh, these festivals and that we can give uh, local filmmakers something to sort of um, make their products for hmm. and not just for themselves, you know I mean? It's good, cool to make stuff for themselves, but it's nice to be recognized for your work, so... Yeah, thank you for the thank you for having me on the show and thank you for the festival. It was it was wonderful and I hope to see um I can't wait to listen to the podcast and the other other people you have on and I hope we have more festivals.
0: Yeah. Mm. Ah, so do I. Thank you for um you know just uh, being an incredible filmmaker All I right. think. Uh en- envy was was I think the the emotional visceral hit of the festival. Absolutely. It provoked so much uh in the way of audience responses and and I, I was so Uh, not maybe not shocked but but surprised to learn that it was perhaps the first time it had ever been screened on a big screen with a big audience it had just been streamed before Mm. and i'm so happy that it that we we got to organize it together and experience it together
1: thank you for making a part of the festival it was fun
0: watching the audience reaction it was all right clarence das thank you very much for appearing on syndrome